Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment and hosted by me, Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace. So I'm super excited for today's episode as it's actually one of my favorite topics to talk about at the moment, which is all about good money habits, um, budgeting and sort of everything in between. So joining me today and once again is the wonderful Chelsea Burton. Hi, Chelsea. So nice to have you back. Nice to be here. Um, So we've had you on the podcast before as our mortgage broker, of course, but you're not only a mortgage broker, you're also a money coach, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yes. And look, Chelsea, times are tough. Life is getting yep. more expensive. Um, therefore, yep. I think it's a great time to start getting smarter with our money. Um, and as I said, I love this topic. I love learning more and more about it. Um, it's amazing how really small habits or, you know, even just a bit of awareness of how our money is being spent can save you a noticeable amount of money. Um, and Chelsea, some people are really good with their money. Some aren't so much. Um, I'm sure you of all people have seen all levels of effective money management, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So can you start off? It might it might sound a bit self-explanatory to some, it might not to others, but can you start off by explaining what a money coach is and maybe the, the kind of people who would actually benefit from having one? Yeah, absolutely. So think about it like if you have a gym membership mm-hmm. versus if you have a personal trainer with a gym membership. So if you have a gym membership, you sign up, you go for a little while, something happens and you don't keep going or maybe you go from three days a week to one day a week and then you get bored of it and you keep paying the gym membership but you don't actually get the results that you're after. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got a personal trainer, that person's job is to hold you accountable to your goals. They sign you up for classes three days a week. You know, They make you come in, they're you know, weighing you in, they're making sure you're doing your exercises and making sure that you're working hard. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between creating a budget and having a money coach. So when you decide that you're going to do it yourself, you do it for a little while. Sometimes you overspend, but that's okay. It's only a little bit here and a little bit there. All those little bits add up. Whereas with a money coach, that person's job is to hold you accountable to your goal. So if your goal is paying off your house, if your goal is, you know, I want to save enough money to go overseas, whatever your goal is, your money coach's job is to hold you accountable to that. So they will, um, you know, look at what you're spending they'll help you make better financial decisions they'll let you know if a financial decision is going to have a big impact on your overall goals Mm. um and they will report to you on how you're going each and every month so that way you know at all times where you're headed and there is someone there beating the stick making sure that you're doing the things that you want to do yeah yeah that's why i've never liked going to the gym because you can (laughs) you can give up whenever you want there's no one holding you accountable exactly exactly so, um, I mean, in addition to that, a money coach also 
is a bit of an objective third party when it comes to some of those financial decisions because mm. oftentimes in a relationship you've got one person who's a spender and one person who's a saver and they have conflict. They, you know, one person wants to spend, the other person saying, no, we shouldn't be doing that. Or, you know, I don't know, someone wants a new car, someone's saying we should spend 20 grand on a new car, someone's saying we should spend 60 grand on a new car. Right. So a money coach is sort of a financial sounding board that's separate to the relationship that can make those decisions for you and, and that way you don't have to fight. Oh, that's a really great way to look at it. So then what are some of the common money mistakes that you see when it comes to budgeting and money management? One of the big ones is paying ourselves last. So what most people do is we get paid Mm. from our boss and then we pay our bills and we pay our mortgage and we go out for dinner and we get our groceries and we do all the things that we need to do and then whatever's left at the end of the week is what we save. Mm -hmm. And for most people, we spend what we earn. So at the end of the week, there's nothing left to save. Right. So what we need to be doing is instead of doing it that way, we need to be paying ourselves first. So when we get paid, automatically put 10 or 20 or 30%, whatever it is that you want to save into a separate account that's away, Mm -hmm. spend what's left. Because subconsciously, we will spend only the money we have access to. And if we've put the, the savings amount away and it's not something we have access to, then we won't think about spending it. Wow. Saving is psychological. It's all about how our, our mindset, our, our um, how we look at the money that we have, whether or not we look at it as being ours and for our own purposes or if we look at it as being, well, that's not mine right now. Mm. I mean, you can even take it a step further. Most employers will pay you into two separate accounts if you ask them to. Yeah. So yeah. you don't even need to put that money into your account and then transfer it. You could get them to do it for you. Yeah, wow. And that way it's out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. The thing we want to make sure with that account is that it's not too easy to access. So right. if you've got, you know, them both on your internet banking and you're like, oh, that, I like that TV, I'll just transfer $1,000 out of my savings, mm. then it doesn't serve the purpose. It's got to be a way, it's got to be, you know, it's got to take time to get to your account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. got to be out of reach, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely Absolutely. there's definitely a really important uh, mindset around money or there's like, you know, the psychology of money, which is fascinating. Yeah. 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 So following on from that then, what are some of the first steps that someone should take when they decide they want to take a little bit more control of, uh, you know, managing their finances then? Absolutely. So one thing that we are often told is when you have a mortgage, you should use a credit card, you should put all your expenses on a credit card and then pay it off at the end of the month. Mm. Right. So that way the money's sitting in your bank account for longer offsetting your interest because you're only paying it off once a month. But when we do that, we're not limited to how much cash we have. We're limited to the limit of the credit card, right? which is usually a lot higher than what we would have set as our spending limit. So we don't have the psychology of what do I need when we go to the shops. We have the psychology of I've got all this money to spend, what do I want? Right. Right, which automatically means that we're going to spend money on things that we don't need. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have, you know, couple and two kids and your grocery bill is $150 a week and you take $150 to the shops, you'll spend $150 or less. Right. 
right? Because you, you've got a you've got a limit, and you you'll you'll be more conscious of oh no, I don't need that named brand, or I don't need that ice cream, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got a ten thousand dollar credit card limit, and you take that to the shops, you'll get the stuff you want. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're hungry, yeah. Exactly right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And all those chocolates just end up in the shopping chart pattern. I've got yeah. no idea how. it's funny how that happens. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So money management is all about making it less accessible to spend more money. Okay, yeah, definitely. So, okay, so you've just touched on that then. What are some of your thoughts on using credit cards or these like buy now, pay later services such as Afterpay or ZipPay, which I know many people who think by using these, it's them being smart with their money. I also know people who used to think that but no longer do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But can these buy now, pay later services, can they actually be used responsibly in your opinion? There are going to be some people out there who say, I use a credit card or I use a buy now, pay later service and I always pay it off on time and I always am responsible with it. Right. And there probably are some that that's true for. But in my opinion, if you are spending money that you don't currently have to buy something that you don't need, that is irresponsible Mm. with money. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Um, If you're using cash, that's money that you've got and you're spending that money to buy the things that you want and you're within your spending limit for the month that's fine mm-hmm. you know as, as a money coach we give people spending limits and tell them to go and blow it like that's that's the job right okay because people are really good at blowing money yeah but if you're in this situation where you're getting this on a you know four payment scheme and you're getting that on a four payment scheme and you're not using money you actually have then you're not using those products responsibly. And in general, most people don't use them responsibly. Okay. So overall, not really. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then, so then how can people kind of avoid those money traps, such as getting into too much debt and, you know, using these services irresponsibly or even getting to the point where they're kind of relying on things like those high interest rate short-term loans? Mm. Use the money we have, yeah. right? Don't spend more than you earn. Mm. If if you have money and you've got money to spend, spend it. If you have no money, don't spend money, mm. Mm. right? Always save first. If you're putting your money away for saving and you've got it separate and you've got your cash limit that you can spend, use your Visa debit card or even use cash if that's better for you mm. and spend only what you've got. Mm. For the majority of people, we don't need that new TV. We don't need $250 sneakers, right? We we can get away with a $20 pair of runners from Kmart, mm. right? If you're eager can afford it, buy it more cheaply, yeah? And that's, I mean, that's probably the biggest mistake that people make is that they are having money troubles, but they don't want to show other people that they're having money troubles. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely an air of like embarrassment that comes with with money in that sense for sure. Absolutely. So they buy things that other people are buying just so that it looks like they've got plenty of money and then they're ending up with these short-term loans on high interest rates so they can afford the things that make them look like they've got money when they don't have any and they Mm. get themselves into bigger and bigger problems. Yeah, or Luke always says people buy things that they don't need to impress people they don't even like. Exactly. It's very true, yeah. It's very, very true. The other one he says that just just reminded me of what you said was act your wage. (laughs) Yeah. Ever since you told me that, it's just completely changed the way I look at money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't matter how much you earn. Like I've seen people earning $50,000 a year who were saving 20000 of it. Yeah. I've seen people 
earning four hundred thousand dollars a year who are spending four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Oh my god, that's like wild. It, it doesn't matter how much you earn, you everybody can live within the money that they're earning. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So you talked a little bit about this at the start. You're saying, you know, sometimes, you know, within a relationship there might be a spender and there might be a saver. How can couples talk about money in a healthy way? Because sometimes that's uh, that can be something that's difficult to manage. Absolutely. One thing that probably a lot of couples do, especially when they start running into financial troubles, is that they blame. So, mm. you know, it's your fault because you bought this. Right. Right. Money needs to be a combined decision. Yeah. So set a spending limit, right? So, you know, if you find something for under $100 and we're within our spending limit for the month, you can buy it. You don't have to ask, right? If it's something bigger than $100, then we'll have a discussion about whether or not that's really needed, mm-hmm. right? Money coaches are great at being able to help you with that because, as, as I said before, it's a it's a third-party opinion, yeah, yeah, right? So it's not one of the two of you. You're not having to fight about whether or not yeah, there's no really bias. Afford that. Yeah. <laughs> no bias. It's just whether or not it's a good financial decision for you mm-hmm. um, based on your goals and and how you're tracking towards achieving them. Yeah. Um, But it's important that couples sit down and discuss their finances regularly so that they can keep track of how they're progressing towards the goals that they want. So, um, you know, having a monthly meeting where you sit down and you chat about, okay, this is how much we've saved this month, this is how much we've spent this month, did you know that you've spent, you know, $400 on coffee this month, maybe can we do something about that. Mm. You know, those sort of discussions are really important in a blame-free conversational kind of way. Mm. When people start getting heated, that's where they end up with problems and they they don't have useful discussions. Yeah, and I know these discussions can feel like a bit of a chore at the start or even just some money habits feel like a bit of a chore. They sound like a lot of effort at the start, but once you sort of start doing them, they become habit that you don't even notice that and then you've got Absolutely. all these great uh, results of, you know, you've got all this money left over that you didn't the month before. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And being aware of what you're spending, um, money should be a conscious thing. Most yeah. of us use it as it's subconscious, like we spend money because we've got money to spend. Mm. It should be everything that we spend should be conscious. Yeah. Everything that we save should be conscious. And we should be keeping track of, you know, where we started at the beginning of the month and where we ended at the end of the month and did we improve our position. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Chelsea, do you have any final advice for our listeners who are looking to build better financial habits? Yeah, so, I mean, um, budgeting is a horrible word that people hate doing, <laughs> yeah. but there are some fantastic <laughs> online software programs that help you with it um, that are free or have very small costs. Um, the dual you budgeting for you and let you know your expenses against each category. Mm. They are really, really useful and a great way of um, starting a conversation with your your partner about what you're spending money on. Mm. Um, being conscious with your spending and using cash or a Visa debit card with a small a small balance so that you can um, avoid the pitfalls of you know spending things that you don't need, um, and also having a look at a money coach and seeing if they might be able to help you. I mean, the types of people that can benefit from a money coach are basically, I mean, anyone with a mortgage where they're only making their minimum payments, anyone who's got consumer debt, um, you know, where they're spending more than they earn each week. 
um, anyone who's looking to get ahead faster than what they currently are, um, anyone who's remaining loan term exceeds their re- desired retirement age. Mm. Like there are a broad range of people that a money coach can help. Yeah. And they're definitely worth looking at. Yeah, that's amazing. It's funny that, you know, we don't see as much physical cash around these days because you can pay with your phone and like cards and everything, but maybe we need to bring it back so that people can stick to those, yeah. you know, shopping budgets. There was a study done years and years ago about um, the difference between using a card and using cash and mm. handing over cash creates physical pain in the brain. Like there's a pain sensor that goes off in your brain right. that says, I don't want to be doing this, whereas card, nobody cares. Yeah, because you get it back. You tap it, you get yeah. it back, it goes right back in your pocket yeah (laughs) and it's just ones and zeros on a page like there's no tangible yeah pain to handing that over uh whereas yeah cash is definitely a lot more it's something we don't really want to spend when we've got a hundred dollar note we don't want to break it it. feels more like a transaction exactly (laughs) so um yeah but having said that limiting the balance on your visa debit card will have a similar effect because it's a subconscious thing knowing that you've got a limit to how much you can spend yeah most definitely Amazing. Well, there's plenty in that episode for anyone and everyone. Um, I keep saying to all my friends, it's truly the the year to get your financials in order and get smart with our money. So I think everything we've spoken about today has been super helpful. Chelsea, as always, thank you so much for your time. You're always such a joy. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's lovely chatting. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com dot com dot au